up and running on the podcast for InGoal Magazine. InGoal Mag, use whatever abbreviation you want, but we're very happy to be here. I'm Darren Millard, 20 years at Sportsnet, and now I've dived into the podcast world and extremely pumped up to be joining the likes of Kevin Woodley and David Hutchison for this podcast venture about goaltending. It's uh, goaltenders. We're talking about goaltending equipment. We're talking about styles. We're talking about approaches, whether it be nutrition, uh, training exercises, but it's basically by goaltenders, for goaltenders, but available to everybody as we try to uh, broaden the scope of goaltending and make sure that uh, all needs are taken care of. I'm in the uh, Ingle Magazine studio along with David Hutchison and Kevin Woodley is somewhere out and about in an arena near you. Where are you, pal? Uh, Rogers Arena, where the Vancouver Canucks will host the Tampa Bay Lightning and, dare I say, the best goaltender in the NHL tonight, Andre Vasilevsky. Looking forward to that. Just some background. Uh, we are all goaltenders. Uh, Hutch, how long have you played the position and your passion for it? Uh, well, Darren, it's been uh, been a long time. I, I got started around 1970 or 71 as a five- or six-year-old uh, in Ontario. Played minor hockey uh, all the way up till I had a very tiny cup of coffee in university. Uh, but realized when I was uh, firmly ensconced in fourth on the depth chart, uh, interesting, behind now Toronto Marley and former Arizona goaltending coach John Elkin, uh, realized that, that my time was done. Uh, I think I've probably got a slightly different route to, to where we are today uh, than you do or than Kevin does, but uh, you know what they say, all roads lead to beer league, and, and that's what we're all enjoying doing now. Uh, my passion, though, I, I would say lies in teaching and coaching. I've been coaching for quite a number of years, and I'm also a teacher by trade, and I've got a bit of a background in technology as well. So I think those things all sort of came together in my interest in getting in goal off the ground. And uh, and I also bring a perspective as a goaltending parent uh, to this group. I've got a talented young peewee goaltender in our house uh, who's uh, far better than I ever was, and he's really enjoying playing, and, and I enjoy getting out on the ice with him as well. So I think it's going to be a fun ride here, guys, and I'm looking forward to it. So you were Turk Broda's first backup? Something like that, yeah, almost, almost. I, I like okay. to think Johnny Bauer, but that, that's okay. Uh, Turk's a good Brandon boy. And uh, how about you, Woodley? I am the, uh, I'm the new school guy in this equation. Believe it or not, I didn't start playing until I was 35 years old, and I did so because I was editing a goaltending magazine, or I was asked to edit a goaltending magazine by then Vancouver Canucks, and now again Vancouver Canucks goaltending coach Ian Clark. Um, he used to run a company called GDI, and they had a monthly magazine. And so you start editing and sort of reading all the technical breakdowns and then start speaking to goaltenders in their language, and nobody was really doing that at the time in the NHL, and it, it opened up a whole new world to me. And I figured, hey, man, i gotta, I got to strap the pads on and try this. And uh, like all of us, I just fell in love with the position, all the nuances and, um, you know, being the guy. That's, that's I think, why we all play is right. So we can be the guy that uh, decides whether you win or lose on an nightly basis. Yeah, I'm 48 and a half, and I started when I was seven years old, put up my arm to play goal when the coach asked, and my dad put it down, so I put up the other arm, and lo and behold, uh, the coach saw me. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm right there with, uh, with Hutch when it comes to playing goal for a long time. I'm really excited about the Woodley part of it because – uh, you sort of joined late in the sense of uh, learning the position as an adult. What did you find, because I can't remember, what did you find as the as the hardest part when you transitioned in? Oh, you know, I think it, it's interesting. I actually found it, I don't want to say easy, because my beer league team would say I don't make it look easy very often. Um, but after reading all the technical stuff, 
it, it was really interesting. This is like around 2003, 2004. And some of the things that back then were not an every goalie technique in the NHL, because there were still old school guys that hadn't learned it. I started with that foundation. So something that, believe it or not, I mean, and younger listeners will find this shocking, but that's not that long ago. And there was still about half the NHL that didn't get up out of the butterfly with proper leg recovery. So if they were moving left, they didn't by default get up on their right leg or vice versa. They got up usually on their strong leg. And so it was kind of interesting to have learned everything from a modern technical standpoint. That was what I learned first. That's how I learned. And then to sort of be talking to, like I said, at the time, NHL guys, some NHL stars, guys like Curtis Joseph that, you know, until very late in their career, nobody had ever shown them proper leg recovery. And now, I mean, back then you'd you'd go to a camp and 12-year-olds did it, but there were guys in the NHL that didn't. And now, you know, any goalie that's, you know, started in the since me in the last 15 years will be like, hey, that's the first thing they teach us. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I found anything difficult from a technical standpoint, and that made it an easy transition. To me, it was the reads, reading blades, reading sticks, the stuff that actually makes goalies good beyond technique, the stuff that I've tried to learn as much as I can about from the NHL guys. Because to me, that's the separator. You can learn technique. You can teach technique. It's the innate, instinctual stuff. I didn't have that in my back pocket growing up playing goal. And I I would argue there are times where I can be okay technically. um, But I I still don't have that sort of raw read and react type ability that you see um, so spectacularly at the highest level. So that was early 2000s. I remember having Ray Emery on our show and that was uh, during his Ottawa days, and he was explaining to me how he was going through that process of learning how to get up on the right with the right leg. And I had never heard that before. Uh, I mean, that was that was so new. I had, I had no idea that it had advanced to to, the, to that stage. So a little bit of synergy synergy there. Hutch, do you? I mean, are you born and bred? Sorry, I was just going to say that you know at least he had the benefit of a goaltending coach working with him. Uh, well, he was doing that, whereas guys like you and I just have to sort of watch technique evolve on TV and hope we can apply it to our game because, of course, beer leaguers don't practice very often, do we? Well, you know, warm-up is, uh, is what, four shots, five shots, and usually two of those are coming at the same time, so it, it doesn't serve much of a purpose. at that. Uh, Eric Lindros runs a skate in Toronto a c- couple of times a week. He does drills before they, uh, before they start their scrimmage. I actually stopped going, one, because of the commute, and two, I just don't want to do drills. I can't do drills anymore. My hips are just uh, – I I can stand there for a while, but I don't want to do drills. Uh, So, Hutch and Woodley, before we get too far into this, and and I know that we've – that Woodley brought a clip here from Andre Vasilevsky, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who has had such a a marvelous run here under John Cooper and company. But uh, some background on Ingle Magazine. Uh, The website is is something we've – all goaltenders of uh, of a certain age and and now uh, have been following on on the website and on Instagram. But give us uh, a little bit of synopsis of of what you guys want to bring via the podcast, and we'll start with uh, with Hutch. Started in two thousand and nine as as a little bit of a hobby, and uh, got really lucky when this guy Kevin Woodley gave me a phone call because uh, he was sitting uh, center ice for all the hockey games at the twenty ten games. And he had a real passion for the position and experience that, uh, that is huge. Um, and he basically said to me, 
uh, you're doing what I've always wanted to do, but I'm not really sure how to get started at it. And uh, on the other hand, I'm in the dressing room with these guys and you're not. So maybe there's something we can do if we put our heads together. And, and that's sort of what really was the foundation um, of Ingol. And, and we started feeding some fantastic uh, stories from the Olympics that were very specific to the position uh, that weren't necessarily where, something you'd see in mainstream media. Uh, and, and that got us going. And Kevin, you got a, a really good story. I think uh, the Luongo story is a great example of something that got us going. Yeah, no, and, and actually I came to it. You're right, Hutch. You started everything and I found it online. And, you know, the aforementioned magazine that Ian Clark had started and got me into goaltending by that point had become... What was that magazine? Called Goalie News. And it was a newsprint edition. And... Um, I think, uh, I think peak readership was around 10,000. Uh, and I can tell you from some of the names and the addresses uh, of the subscriber list back then, um, some of the bigger names in goalie coaching world, there were some alaires on that list uh, that subscribed to that magazine back in the day. But uh, ambition for the company, trying to get into the equipment industry, didn't go so well, and the magazine went to side with, uh, with pretty much the rest of the company. So... Uh, lo and behold, I ended up running or, or finding Hutch and just as I was about to cover the Olympics. And yeah, we did. I think the Luongo story is one that kind of touches on what we're trying to do. And that's to ask questions that nobody else is asking of goaltenders and bring the answers to our goaltending audience. And prime example would be, I think we probably all remember it. If you watch the 2010 game, semifinal game against then teammate Pavel Dimitra from Slovakia. 3-2 game, dying seconds, Demetra wide open at the bottom of the left circle, Luongo sprawling across, reaches out with the glove and just gets it on the, the sort of upper corner of what we would call the cheater. And just an you know, incredible save, and who knows if Canada wins a gold if that goes in. Um, would have gone to overtime and possibly a shootout, which weren't his strength back then, um, for the right to go play the USA in the gold medal game. And so go beyond the save and and to me that was to ask Roberto because I knew heading in he was wearing a Reebok one-piece cuff glove with the Canucks and he had broken in a Reebok one-piece cuff glove for the Olympics but was quickly told by the IIHF that that was not legal at the time under their rules you had to have a two-piece glove and so he was forced to switch and if you know those old original Reebok original premier one one, the, the sort of that first one piece, I guess not Premier 1, but Premier 2, um, it, it kind of rounded down from the thumb a little bit. And so basically just went and asked them, like, hey, if you're wearing the glove you intended to wear at these Olympics, does that puck hit the cup? And his frank answer was no. And so to me, there, there's a piece of hockey and goaltending history that doesn't happen if not for that, you know, largely unknown change in equipment mandated by the IHF. And, hey, it's the minutiae to me that makes, that sort of separates our interest in goaltending, like the details, the gear, the technique, those types of things. And what we want to do at Ingle and here with the Ingle Radio Podcast is take me in the room and ask, ask those questions and get those answers from the best in the game. That's crazy. That's at the same rink that you're going to tonight to watch the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning against the Vancouver Canucks. 
And you've got some great goaltending stories here with everybody trying uh, new equipment, including Vasilevsky, who's uh, broken out a new set. Uh, you, you posted some great video on Instagram of Vasilevsky in the in the showdown shootout uh, showdown for those of us of a certain age, and where he was just so calm and, and cool. But uh, your interaction with Vasilevsky. Well, I think it kind of ties in nicely to um, what we were talking about. Uh, I mean, I, I had 12 minutes with him on a practice day, so there's lots of little tidbits that will roll out. But I think just as, as the example, why did we all start in goal? And it was funny to hear him talk about it because uh, it wasn't for the same reasons we started. And it's kind of ironic now listening back to, to hear what got him into the game compared to where he is now. I played uh, forward for uh, a couple of years, probably when I was eight or nine, something like that. But I told, told I told uh, dad that I, you know, it's too tough to to skating that much, and I, I want to, you know, just stay in the bullpen and make it safe. He's like, oh, all right, I go try it. But now I understand that it's it's much much harder than than uh, to be a player, right? Be careful what you wish for, right? I'm going to go do that because it's easy, and then this. Well, in the background, of course, is that um, his dad was a professional goaltender in Russia and actually ended up, actually still, I believe just a couple of years ago, was uh, was coaching uh, in the MHL, sort of the minor league uh, affiliate of the KHL in Ufa. So um, he comes from a long lineage, and uh, I guess maybe he thought it was back in the old days, right, where they put the out-of-shape kid into net. He thought it might be a little easier back then, but... To see this guy now, I mean, physical specimen, like I said, arguably one of the best in the game. To see the work he puts in, um, balance, strength, power. Uh, the nickname is Big Cat, and uh, he is all that when you get to watch him perform. And we'll roll out some of the other tidbits that he dropped on us in that interview. And You, you know what surprises me about him is his age. I, I keep thinking because they had that run to the final against uh, Chicago – that he's older than he is, and I'm continually reminding myself that he's in his uh, his early 20s. Yeah, and he's also, you know, in a way sort of the – because of his skill level, no team wants to sort of just say let's try this because I think everybody around the league realizes how special he is um, as an athlete and as a goaltender. And, and as a pro, disciplined at a young age, which probably comes from that background with his dad, um, talking to the goalie coaches in Ottawa, ironically, who work with him every summer and he still goes there, uh, Charlie McTavish being one of them. Uh, this is a guy who, even in his late teens, you know, if they were a couple minutes late to get out the door in the summer for a skate, he was, he was there waiting, like just fully committed, stretching when he had to stretch, doing all the things physically um, that he had to do, and you kind of realize what goes into it. But at, at the age he's succeeding at, you kind of wonder on a night when we're about to see Carter Hart make his debut and everybody's saying, oh, it's too soon, it's too soon. You know, the NHL is getting younger and younger, skilled players, skilled defensemen, getting opportunities. At what point do we ask the question amid sort of the stereotype that goalies take longer? You know, are some of these kids maybe, could they be ready earlier? And are we doing them a disservice by not giving them a look sooner um, and continuing to run with more of a known commodity in, in veterans when there's such a talent base waiting to come up behind them. Hot your opinion on that? Yeah, and it, it also makes me think about the uh, you know the old adage that you shouldn't ever draft a goaltender in the first round, but I think we know that when you start looking late into the first round, uh, the success at drafting goaltenders is about the same as it is any position. Um, so I, I think conventional wisdom, it's, it's well, worth, well worth looking at conventional wisdom and seeing if there's another way to go. That said, 
Uh, I don't know if a 20-year-old goaltender or a 30-year-old goaltender wants to make his debut in the NHL behind the Flyers. That's that's logical. I, I, I think that I think that would be uh, under the category of obvious when it yeah. comes to concerns. It is, but and you know, I think at the end of the day, we we, we can't lump lump these guys into into one pile. Every every goaltender is an individual, and uh, and we need to understand how that individual can adapt to the situation. So obviously, the folks in Philadelphia have decided that uh, Carter Hart has the the right mental makeup to take this on at such a young age. Well, it's it's funny. There's there's some cities though that are just goalie graveyards. Vancouver, for the longest time, was that way. That's because we run all the good ones out of town. Yeah, and I don't know whether there's something to that because of the media. Because it was it was really uh, dire straits in Vancouver, and and we know that in in Philadelphia. I mean, Pelly Lindbergh was was a Vezina Trophy candidate uh, or winner who broke onto the scene, and and then Ron won a Vezina Trophy. But since then, it's been, I don't know whether it just becomes its own little story or what, but its it's been really south. Well, like everything, it's all magnified when you're between the posts and everybody sees every mistake. Uh, I, I would argue that, that it's probably equally as difficult to break in at any position. Uh, again, if you're not looking at the top five draft picks, but, uh, but everything's magnified between the posts for all of us, isn't it? Woodley? Well, I was just going to say to go back to Hutch's point about do you want to break in at 20 or 30 behind the Philadelphia Flyers? I got to be honest, guys. At 45, I had my hand up in the press box the other night when Anthony Stolers didn't come out. I was hoping they'd swap me in for the e-bug and we'd have the dream come true. Do you, Scott Foster, look out. Who is the emergency backup there? Or Well, they have a few, but uh, did you try out or did you look at that? Uh, no, I wouldn't want to embarrass myself like that. Um, Ryland Toth was the guy who was here the other night. They rotate through, and this started when Alex Ald was the goaltending coach uh, with the University of British Columbia Thunderbirds. Uh, they would rotate sort of his through, three goalies through on any given yeah. night. And so it's whoever happens to be uh, in the building on, when, when they when they need one. And uh, it was Ryland Toth who played three years in the Western League and is now at UBC. He, he got the call the other night, and I the other night, and I think a lot of people did. We would get into this one day. We'll talk about e-bugs. I mean, everyone's like, oh, where, why isn't he on the bench? Why isn't he coming to the bench? I don't think a lot of people realize that unless the second goaltender gets hurt, as was the case in that, that Scott Foster game, you basically get called out of the stands where you're watching the game as an e-bug. You go into the, down into the tunnel where your gear's been waiting since before the game, and you get dressed. But you don't sign the contract. And you don't go to the bench unless the second goalie gets hurt. Because there's always the chance Stolers went out in the first period. If he signed that Flyers contract, they have the jersey sitting right there. They have the contract right beside him. But if he were to sign it, and then by the third period, both Canucks goaltenders go down and he's signed with the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers, he's no longer eligible to bail out to the Vancouver Canucks. So I think in a lot of situations, I know there's another one the next night where a goaltender got hurt, and everyone's like, where's the e-bug? Let's see him on the bench. Let's get that shot. Well, it doesn't happen for a reason. They don't bring him in until the second guy actually goes down. Uh, it's uh, In Goal Magazine, the podcast, and we are it's by goalies, for goalies, but available to everybody. So e-bug is the acronym for emergency backup uh, goalie. That's what it is? Okay. Okay, good. I just I, when you guys when you guys didn't jump in right away, I thought, gee, I, I was kind of just throwing it out there to make sure that everybody knew that, and then I thought I screwed it up. Uh, f- uh, your favorite goaltender of all time, favorite goaltender today, and then we'll wrap up this uh, this uh, episode one just to 
get it out there and let everybody know what uh, what's coming on the In Goal Magazine podcast. So start with you, Hutch. Well, it's got to be Ken Dryden, my favorite goaltender of all time, simply because uh, he was playing in the finals in 1971 when I took up the game, and uh, my parents always held him up to me as as uh, as a real example because he was an academic as well as a goaltender. Uh, so I loved following his career when I was younger and, and got the chance to meet him a little bit later on when I was helping out with a team that his, uh, his son was playing on. And, uh, but today, it's, uh, that's, a lot, that's a lot harder for me to answer. We're, we're really privileged to get to know a lot of guys, and, and so I think I enjoy all of them for, for a whole lot of reasons. Um, Carey Price is, uh, is obviously everybody's, high on everybody's list, and, and, and I was reminded what a great guy he is just seeing on Twitter today about uh, the story about how he had uh, responded after the game last night, both in terms of how upset he was about uh, his performance and, and the team's performance, but then immediately uh, was outside the dressing room greeting a young fan, showing that he goes uh, well beyond the game. So uh, for that reason, I think he'd be high on my list, but... As I said, so many guys for so many reasons. I'm just a fan of the position now. I just loved throwing the puck to the kid in Chicago uh, last week and then eventually got him a stick because the puck wouldn't go over the uh, the netting. Uh, how about you, Woodley? Yeah, for the same reason as Hutch, I think it's hard. Like, I didn't grow up as a goaltender, so I don't have one from my childhood. I was told as a child I, I cried once when we went to a Canucks game, which was a special treat for me, and uh, Richard Berger wasn't starting, but Glenn Hanlon was. Don't remember it, but I'm told there were tears. So they must have been even before I was a goaltender. I must have enjoyed the position. Um, so I'd probably go with Roberto Luongo, um, who obviously was here in Vancouver uh, for a long stretch while I was covering the team, and just uh, just a guy that I really enjoy uh, as a person and as a goaltender, and who I really admire for the work he puts into his craft. Um, and I think that's why he's had the longevity he has because he's always looking. Uh, for the next edge, whether it's equipment uh, or technique or just the work he puts in. It's a guy who wore out the bottom of his pool, literally wore the tiles off the bottom of a pool, trying to do water running recovery from hip surgery a couple of years ago so he can still play at this age. And I just love his passion for the game, and I love talking about the position with him. So um, he, he's probably my favorite. Uh, right now, I, like I said, uh, I'm going to have to talk. I'm going to get to, not have to, my goodness, get to talk to Andre Vasilevsky again tonight after the game. So as a guy who's popping into these locker rooms all the time, I better say his name first and foremost. I, yeah, he is just, and he's big. He's just a big dude. It, well, two of both guys there, Roberto Luongo. Mine was uh, Bernie Prant and then uh, Pete Peters because the Flyers. I was a Flyers fan, and then he went on uh, to win the, a Vesna with the, uh, with the Boston Bruins. And I just I can't get enough of watching Jonathan Quick, uh, just the way he bounces around. and For, for the freak factor of those hips and, and the way he slides all over the place, it's, it's, it's really cool to watch. Just... Too much fun, like Grand Fear was. Just he was he was all over the place, uh, and uh, and the like. So we'll talk to goalie coaches. We'll talk to uh, goalies, and we'll talk uh, to a lot of gear people uh, as well. Because I'm a gearhead, uh, I can't get enough of it. Uh, the guys in Hockey Central will always make fun of me because I talk to goalies and I ask them about their gear, and they, they just couldn't couldn't get that. So uh, anything I'm leaving out here that you guys want to promote before we sign off on this uh, this promotional uh, podcast? No, I think the only thing I'd like to add is like we'll have a lot more of what you heard from Andre Vasilevsky as much as this was an introduction to get to know us. Um, we promise we won't always talk about ourselves. We'll bring you the goal here is to take you inside the room as listeners. Uh, and I believe the relationships we've formed around the league with goalie coaches and, and NHL goaltenders and, and the access we have will allow us to do that. 
And that means also bringing questions into those locker rooms from you, the readers. So keep an eye out on the social media channels to look for your opportunities to submit questions for a lot of these guys, and then we'll bring the answers back to you. I think bringing people inside the locker room, the fact that uh, that these guys, even in the NHL, I think they've got a different relationship with the goaltending fan than the, than the average fan. Um, they love talking about their craft as well, and there's countless stories um, that we've shared over the years of going in to talk to these guys and them not being very interested in speaking to the media on that particular day. But then Kevin just says, oh, I'm within Goal Magazine. Oh, well, come on in, sit down, let's have a chat. Um, they love to talk about their craft. They, they love to talk with, uh, with the average goaltending fan about what they do. Just they're another goalie like all of us, and, and we want to be able to share that uh, experience with everybody. And they're all the same, right? Somebody gets a new set of gear. Everybody's looking for it, trying to figure out what color pattern, what uh, what uh, graphics are on there. And then you go to the masks and uh, and right on through it. So we're looking forward to it. It's the In Goal Magazine podcast. Follow it uh, on Instagram as well, In Goal Magazine, and uh, the website, ingoalmagazine.com. For Kevin Woodley and David Hutchison, I'm Darren Millard. We'll talk to you again on In Goal Mag, the podcast. <laughs>